What does it mean to love? We're told to love, and many people will treat others horribly and claim they are loving. Many of you have been on the receiving end of terrible treatment and then been told that they're loving you. This does not work. Would it be okay if I were to tell you that I am afraid someday? So I call you up and you call me down. Would it be okay? Well, hello and welcome to the Freed Hearts Podcast. We're so glad that you're here. Welcome back or welcome to the first time. Whatever the situation is, again, welcome. We're glad you're here. What is it that they say that's all you need is what? Love. What if it doesn't feel like love is love? (laughs) It doesn't seem like it. (laughs) I hope you have an answer for that because that's what we're going to talk about today. Hi, this is Robert Cottrell and I'm here as always with the amazing... Susan Cottrell. Yeah, we're going to have to maybe change that up somehow. I don't know. Is it boring to anybody out there? (laughs) We are going to talk today about love, love that feels like love. So what does it mean? What does it mean to love? We're told to love and many people will treat others horribly and claim that they're loving. Many of you, many of you have been on the receiving end of terrible treatment and then been told by those doing that, that they're loving you. And that's not right. It's indefensible and you didn't deserve it. You don't deserve it. It reveals everything about them and nothing about you. Just all that to say that it doesn't work. Yes. You know, I have a close relative who is not affirming at all, but she insists that she's loving. She'll say, no one can tell me I'm not loving. And I asked her, well, how are you loving us? (laughs) We're out of relationship now. How are you loving us? And I really wasn't being belligerent, but I was asking a question. And she got really angry and started saying all these things that she was mad at me about. Well, I think if you're going to reject people and then claim you're loving them, I think it's fair to be able to explain how you think you're loving them. Hmm. So I want to talk about the difference between love and not love. Yeah, that comes up all the time. It's like, well, we have to... You know, some people consider it um, a biblical truth that we're supposed to speak the truth to each other in love, which we suck at that. And (laughs) and so we shouldn't do that in the first place. It's not our job. We're called, Jesus said, love people. Yep. Period. That's it. Love people. And if we do that, we know God. If we don't do that, we don't know God. Yeah. And love your loving your your friends uh, are easy love your enemies love those you disagree with love those you know and and so we're called to love but but that's been abused it's been taken yes. out of context and, yes. and and it's been abused and um so it's tricky to talk about that so do you have a story you said I do have and a story it's, it's got to be about something that's that's uh that's a really big part of your life right it's it's <laughs> it's, yes. it's it's not about is, is it about art no is it about food? No. Is it about your kids? No. Is it about me? No. Wait, it's not about animals, is it? It is, <laughs> which is very weird. For those of you that know, Susan knows, she's, you're not an animal person. I'm not an animal person. But you person. have a story. I do have a story. So I have never liked dogs. <gasps> what? I'm sorry. <laughs> I've never liked dogs. Don't tell this. I'm not saying it's a deal breaker, but it's close. Don't, <laughs> don't tell me you like cats. I don't like cats okay, either. Okay, all right. Well, that's Sorry. Okay. Sorry for all of you aficionados out there, but I don't. And if I've ever stayed at your house, (laughs) then you know that dogs are not where I'm going to go and, and, you know, 
have fun. So, um, but I actually did like dogs until I was three. (laughs) And what happened was we had this big German shepherd named Bruce. We loved him. My brother and I would ride on his back. And it was, we loved Bruce. And one day he got out of the house and never came back. And so we think somebody probably got him because he would have come back otherwise. Um, and it was, so it was this huge loss. Like our our pet horse <laughs> basically was ripped out away from us. So I think somehow I made a decision. Dogs were not for me anymore. You were three then? Yeah, I was three. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, and then... I was um, like 11 and I ran up to my friend's house, you know, skipping up to the front door uh, to play with my friend. And I didn't see her German shepherd, Toby, whom I always steered way clear of sitting on the porch and he bit me. And I was like, ah, and it just, it scared me. Like you can't believe, well, you probably can. So anyway, don't like dogs. They're not part of me. And when we're somewhere, and some- I wait. I mean, I <laughs> love dogs. I just want it's no good. Now I'm allergic to some breeds, but yeah. But I'm a, and but I love dogs. I just wanted to snuggle with them and all that kind of stuff. And I went and so we go someplace, and I want the dogs to come to me, and they go to me. They go to you. Oh, it's so weird. I don't understand it. And I will gently push them away with my foot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gently, sorry. Gently. No, gently. Yeah. yeah. Because I'm not mean. Yes. Yeah, it's the funniest thing. You'll like raise your foot like, oh, just like, don't. Just like, don't come near yeah, me. Yeah, don't come near me. And, and don't hate me, everybody, please. <laughs> it's just, you know, stick with me here, okay? Yeah, redeem yourself, please. Okay. Yeah. Well, then my daughter now has a dog uh, named Peeve. Yes, it's her pet Peeve. And happens to be a German Shepherd. And it's, it's a German Shepherd. Uh-huh. Yes. Third uh-huh. one here. It's her pet peeve. Oh, uh, no. Didn't let that slip. <laughs> hey, I'm the joke person here. <laughs> the heck is this? Cute. It's her pet peeve. Yeah. Oh. And Natalie had peeve since he, she was like, a, you know, four weeks old or something. Not Natalie. It was four weeks old. <laughs> since peeve was four weeks old. Since peeve was four weeks old. Natalie was an adult. Old. And Peeve, she trained Peeve really well. And Peeve is her protector and her best friend. And over time, I i mean, I, I kind of tolerated Peeve. But over time, I became more and more acclimated to Peeve. And then one day we were out walking, Natalie and Peeve and I, and something happened where Peeve just came right there and stood right there between us and protected us. It was this like alpha dog thing. And I was just moved to my core that this dog protected us. And I felt this amazing affinity after that. And Natalie told me that Peeve has accepted me in her pack. I'm in her pack because she knows I'm important to Natalie. And so she's protective of me, hyper protective. So I was asked to go dog sit for Peeve while Natalie and her husband were gone. And I was like, okay. So I went and I spent four days taking care of that dog. And it was actually turned out to be amazing. I slept on the sofa because that's where I wanted to sleep. And Peeve would just slip, sleep right there next to me. And we'd go play in the yard. I'd take her to walk and and she obeys really well. And I ran around the yard with her. 
And now I'm home again and I miss her. Aww. It's weird. I hardly recognize myself. (laughs) (laughs) So I went from really barely tolerating dogs to loving this dog. Now you're not comparing. (laughs) Okay, this is going to be, go for it. Segue this dog story into an LGBTQ story. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm saying is many people tolerate the LGBTQ community and they want to say that they're loving because they're not and you're being not, and you're outwardly not comparing. mean. You're not comparing. Well, and I was, yeah, I was going to say, I'm not comparing <laughs> the communities. In fact, a lot of affirming, non-affirming people would be offended by that comparison because to be all, <laughs> to be honest, they treat their dogs better than the LGBTQ community, mm. than their own gay children. So, wow. um, and trans children. So anyway, but my point was, that there's a there's a difference, a huge difference between tolerance and love. Mm. And people know that. And tolerance and celebration. And you can feel that difference. Yeah, we it's one of the things that one of the little memes that we share is it's time for our children to be celebrated, not tolerated. Yeah. And there's a difference. Yeah. There's a huge difference. And I remember when I was little, my my sister always would light up when I came in the room. Well, that's like celebrating me. It profoundly impacted me yeah, I mean, just, in a positive way. Yeah, yeah. Just imagine if you're on the receiving end of that. If I say, Susan, so I'm, um, you know, happy anniversary. I just, I've, I tolerate you. <laughs> you know, that's not going to go very well. I'm not going to be mean to you. That's right. <laughs> right. I won't be mean. Right. I'll be, I'll be, uh, you know, I'll be nice enough, you know. Yeah. I speak some hard truths to you in love right. and I tolerate I'll you. I'll tell you where you're wrong. Yeah. But it's but very I, different than celebrate. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So, and you just you can feel it. You can feel it. And and the other piece to this is that the truth is that whether something feels like love or not love, dare I say love and hate, is in the eye of the receiver. Yeah. It's the one, the receiver, who gets to say, no, I don't experience love from you. Right. If you're, let's take out the words, I celebrate you, I tolerate you, I love you, I hate you. If I'm, if my actions through, you know, be they direct or or indirect, my words, my actions um, towards you feel like I'm tolerating you, I mean, you'll know if they feel like I'm just tolerating you or if I'm celebrating you. Yeah. And And, and the same way, on the receiving end, you know if it feels like love or hate. And it really is in the eye of the receiver Yes, here. And I know that some of you, like I said before, some of you listening have been treated horribly, abused and shunned and shamed and rejected and bullied. Many of you just because you're gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, queer, questioning. And people do this while telling you that they love you. Yeah. And But does it feel like love to you? No, it doesn't. And you know. And that counts. And that that's really all that counts. Yeah. And Christianity has been used in so many ways throughout history. Things like supporting slavery and to demean women, to abuse children, to oppress LGBTQ people, to empower the powerful and keep the powerless in line. And much of that has been done falsely in the name of love. And none of it even remotely comes close to the gospel that Jesus showed us. Right. And the religion of Christianity has really messed this up. 
And that's why many of us, that's why we and many of you listening out there, I know feel the need to deconstruct this faith that we were raised with, that we came to to learn about that, mm-hmm. and we're part of. And we forget that the gospel is about love. Love is the gospel. Yeah. Love is the gospel. Our job is to love, and by that, Jesus meant something that actually feels like love, not some sort of convoluted love that feels like hate, but it's actually love if you would just take it that way. Yeah, kind exactly. of thing, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And when Jesus said, love your neighbor, he meant be kind to them, include them, feed them, visit them, take care of them, have them over in your home, honor them, care for them when they're hurt, even give them a cup of cold water if that's what's needed. You know, do you think when, when people receive that? Uh huh there's a conversation that happens like, thanks for the water, thanks for the visit, thanks for honoring me. Was that love? It feels, feels like, like love. Yes. And, and if, if someone is treating you a certain way, it's a pretty big red flag if they have to stop and explain to you why it's love. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. You know That's I mean? right. That's right. That's a very good point. You know, and, you know, Jesus did not mean kick them out, nag them about their sin, judge them, condemn them, exclude them, and tell others to exclude them too, and barely tolerate them while in your heart you really can't stand them. Tell them you can't be with them. Deny their place in church or their basic civil and human rights. Anybody been on that receiving end? Yeah, we... Yeah, and we read about yes. it now every day in the, in the online. I was going to yeah. say in, in the paper. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. In the paper. Oh, my gosh. I used to walk. I, I used to have a paper route. I have a social media route I now. I do, too. <laughs> you do have a social media route. I do have a social route. media route. That's hilarious. I think my paper route in the snow was easier. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, oh so, yeah, we read about that kind of treatment all the yeah. time. And it, it that doesn't feel like love. It feels more like hate. That's right. And we say God is love, and God's love feels like love. And I've I've talked about this before. But even if God is correcting you, God's corrected me many times, and I may feel embarrassed, oh, humbled, you know, even grieved, but I always felt loved. And, you know, there's a verse in 1 John 4. Oh, that's, that, that's really important. There. Yeah. Even yeah. in that correction, you don't yeah. feel shamed yes. or or demeaned. Yeah, or kicked out. Or kicked out or rejected or condemned. Right. Or anything like that. You I have feel never loved. felt that way with God. Even in, like you said, serious correction, major yes. correction, you've always felt love. Yes. Loved. Yeah. yeah. And uh, You're saying there's a, there's a, a passage? Yeah. yeah. It's First John 4.20 says, if you say you love God, but you hate your brother or sister, you're a liar. Okay. That's pretty, you know. And there what is hate? That hate? Hate feels like hate. Well, all those things we listed, kicking them out, nagging them, you know, all those things, that feels like hate. Mm. And patriarchy, misogyny, power, greed, whatever the reason, much of the church, the non-affirming church has forgotten all this. Mm. They get things turned around and do the opposite of what Jesus told us. It's it's actually not that difficult. No, and I love this, this um, the verse I think you're going to talk about now, which is in Isaiah. Yeah. Because it's used against us almost on a daily basis. Yes. Where, you're calling what is evil good. 
Yeah. And Isaiah, what does it say? Yeah. it's 5, 20 and 21. It says, what sorrow for those who say that evil is good and good is evil, that dark is light and light is dark, that bitter is sweet and sweet is bitter. What sorrow for those who are wise in their own eyes and think themselves so clever. But Christians who are not affirming are using this verse. They use it as an indictment against acceptance of the LGBTQ community, but it's the opposite. To be anti-gay is an assault on true Christianity because we are not loving people that God told us to love. And we need to love because of our faith, not in spite of it. You've heard the religious leaders call innocent children evil because of their orientation that the leaders don't understand or simply don't like or don't agree with. Those religious leaders are the ones acting in an evil, unholy way. And we're going to talk more about religious leaders in just a little bit. A couple of episodes. Yeah. Yeah, they judge children and tell their parents to kick them out of their homes and condemn them to a life subject to, to sex traffickers and rapists and drug dealers and other terrors on the streets. That is evil. Mm, There's yeah, no question about that. that. That's the when those who say evil is good, the evil is the condemnation, judgment, shaming, bullying, kicking yes. out. They're calling that good and they're saying good. And I love that. What is sweet, they're saying that what is um, sweet is bitter. Well, how many... How many couples out there listening to this right now, how many same-sex couples right now have a sweet relationship? Yes. And a sweet, authentic, vibrant love. That's Authentic right. love for each other. And that, it's called bitter. It's called bitter. It's, again, that's backwards. We're that's not, backwards. That, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's, that's all backwards. But this condemnation and rejection and all that is bitter is called sweet. Mm. It's called love. Yeah. Well, Remember that Jesus never condemned the regular person just doing daily life. When, you know, Philip said to the Ethiopian eunuch, and I love this story always because that eunuch is a sexual nonconformist of color. He was an outlier. He would be welcomed fully today, wouldn't he? And <laughs> in none of these churches. In none of these churches we're talking about. Yeah. And and yet Philip said, I see no reason you can't be baptized. I see no reason you can't be one of us. And the first, right? Was he, yeah, he was one of the first they were to be first. baptized, Yeah, you know, wow. in Acts. That's right. So, Yeah, Jesus soundly condemned religious leaders. And do you want to talk for just a moment about kind of how we're going to expand on this um, in a couple of episodes down the road? Yeah, we're going to talk religious about leaders. religious leaders and authority. And what does authority mean and how much stock do we put in it and how much do we really you know keep it at arm's length so it's Jesus, going to be very interesting Jesus tells or the word tells us that the spirit will lead us in all truth and you say often that Jesus told us who we shouldn't trust in all this right yeah the way we can read Jesus and his interactions the people that are the least trustworthy according to Jesus, are the religious leaders. Now that, that right there should be very dis, yeah. disarming for us who are arguing for full equality. Right. And we, and we have set those of us who came from the evangelical church, we tend to 
to elevate the the pastors to almost worship status. Yeah, um, in Catholics, the priests. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, and in some in some faiths, mm-hmm. over time, you were told, you don't don't read the Bible. You can't understand that. Let the religious leaders read it, and we'll explain it to right. you. Well, that's just set up for a problem. Right. And in the, Protestant churches, often they'll say, you know, don't trust me. Read what's in the Bible. But they're giving you the interpretation. So, yes, you can read those same words that he's saying, but you, you're, the interpretation is slipped in there, you know, like the pill buried in the applesauce. So, you don't recognize that what you're reading is not what he's saying. Yeah, right. And the structure, the power structure has been set up now. I think you talked a few episodes ago about your encounter with the one, with the young pastor at, a, at oh, our old, yeah. old church where he said, you just, pastor. you just need to, to... You need to submit to my authority. I'm your authority. You need to submit to me. Yeah, so now we're you know, set up... He's 30 up, and I'm his mother's yeah. age. Even in the evangelical churches where the, you know, the, the skinny jean pastor's in the coffee bar and and they're just kind of one of us kind of thing. Yeah. Where if you raise your hand to call in to, to ask a question or to or to question something that they have said, you, you just can't do that. There's right. no safety to do that. So, yeah. so we're going to talk more about that in uh, just a couple episodes or so. But yeah, but, but we you, need to see the whole thing through the lens of love. Anything, yeah. scripture, authority, relationships. Everything we need to see it all through a lens of love, and if it doesn't feel like love, that's a red flag in your soul saying, "Hold on, let's take a better look at this," and not just pretend that whatever you do to somebody, you just can call it love, and and so it is. Because Jesus's counsel or Jesus' comment about religious leaders who were doing that were that they were shutting the doors of the kingdom of 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 heaven in people's faces. Yeah. So to that would need to be dismantled. He doesn't mean heaven like after you die, but the king, the presence of the kingdom of heaven, which is at hand. Right, yes. It, they're, they're turning them away from knowing God in the moment. They're creating hurdles for them by doing that. Yeah, and doing what? That's this condemning, judging, shaming, yeah. bullying, things that so clearly do not feel like yeah. love. And calling it love. So you get to decide. We get to decide. Again, you said this and it's great. We need to see all scripture through the lens of love. Yeah. Look at our behavior through that same lens, how we're we're treating others and how we're being treated. And we get to decide. We're on the receiving end. If it doesn't feel like love, then it's it's not You get love. to reject it. You get to reject it. You get to reject it. And the Bible, yeah. I love this, that again, it's it can't be that simple. I love the passage that said that the, the enemy comes against the simplicity that is life in Jesus. Yeah. This is supposed to be simple. Yeah. And they and, and the yoke they said, is easy. The burden is light. Yeah. This and, is simple. And they said, Jesus, we got, I got a lot of rules here. What are the key ones? Oh, well, I'll, I'll give you two. And they're it's really almost identical. It's really twins. One. Love yeah. God, love each other. And if you love, you know God. If you don't love, you don't know God. Yeah, period. So it all lines up under that. Love God, love others. Everything else lines up under yeah. that. So that's how you can tell if it's love or if it's not love. And that's how you can tell that is by remembering that love feels like love. Yeah. And speaking of that, we love you. We love you. <laughs> we do. We and, do. And We're you, grateful to be here and yeah. in community with you. And if, really there's, if, if there's one, one takeaway from every episode... 
here, it would be to let this end knowing that you are beloved, that God delights in you as you are for who you are. And that's what you deserve. You deserve to love and be loved because you are beloved. We love you. We love you. Bye. Bye. Would it be okay if I were to tell you that I am afraid someday so I call you up and you call me down? Would it be okay? You've been listening to the Freed Hearts Podcast. We have extensive resources and vibrant community for you at www.freedhearts.org. Just come say hello. And if you have questions or issues or comments about the podcast, things you'd like us to talk about, reach out to us at podcast at freedhearts.org. The music is provided by Hannah Cottrell, our daughter, the Grammy-nominated Saint Sinner. And you can find out more about her at heystsinner.org. Please share this, subscribe, and follow on your favorite platform. And thanks for listening.